It's Mark Reardon for C-Speak, the language of executives, sponsored by PNC Bank. Today, Michael Scully, regional president of PNC Bank, welcomes Judy Sindicus, CEO of Capital Innovators. Tell me about Capital Innovators. What is Capital Innovators? We like to call Capital Innovators an innovation engine. But at our core, we're an accelerator program. And what that means is we have a couple of investment funds, and we use the money from those funds to invest in early-stage companies. And then we put them through a 13-week boot camp-style mentorship program where we help them accelerate their growth. But then we also take the same learnings that we've had from that, and we apply it to corporations, both large and midsize, and we help them with their innovation challenges as well. Capital Innovators is such an innovative company. How did you come up with that? idea in the first place? Well, I'm a serial entrepreneur myself. I've started uh, six different companies before I started Capital Innovators, and I was looking for my next big idea when I started volunteering at I-10, the IT Entrepreneur Network. And it, it's a nonprofit that helps IT companies get their start that's been around for a while. And it was while I was volunteering there that I saw that St. Louis had quite a few uh, really passionate founders sitting on what I thought were really great ideas, but they weren't getting the funding and the mentorship that they needed in order to get to the next level. And so I came up with this idea to solve both of those problems. And given that I had all the experience of starting companies myself, I really tried to design a program that would be one that I wish I had had for any of the businesses that I had started before. Judy, what is an often overlooked quality a leader must have in order to be successful? And do you have an example of a quality that may have been missing in a leader who created a problem? Yeah, I think that one of the most overlooked uh, qualities that a leader needs to have is is self-awareness. And what I mean by that is you really need to be aware of what your strengths and weaknesses are and accept that you do have some weaknesses and make yourself mentorable. Be a sponge for information that people offer to you. And and then I think in my space in particular, an overlooked quality that the leader has to have is grit. Uh, so I help very early stage companies and they go through a lot of challenges. And if you give up too early, you may miss out on a great success. So being able to have the grit to push through the problems and figure them out is, is really something that a good leader in that space needs. Uh, as as far as an example of, of something that's been overlooked before, I think, is the ability to be influenced by not just people that are uh, wiser or more experienced than you, but even your own team members. So uh, learning how to be influential by being influenced. And I've seen that missing in a lot of leaders who I'm not sure exactly what the psychology is behind uh, behind why they feel like they have to hide any of those weaknesses. And But I think that makes it so that they're less likely to be able to be influenced by their own team members. Many of these leaders might be brand new CEOs. Is there a core piece of advice you give them to help them transition into a leadership role? I think the one thing that a new leader needs to understand is how important integrity and reputation are. Uh, When they are first coming into this leadership role, uh, again, like I mentioned on the hiding uh, certain flaws that they may have, I think it's much better uh, to be open and candid and honest with everybody that you're dealing with and let some of your mistakes go ahead and, and shine so that people will come and help you overcome those errors to, to help you grow. And I think that leads just back into integrity. If, if in everything you do, you're following your moral compass, you really can't go wrong. You've just announced your spring accelerator class with six startups that beat out more than 300 applicants. 
Would you mind sharing some strengths these startups exemplified? Yeah, there's two areas that we look at. Uh, One is the idea or the company itself, and the other is the founder. Uh, So we've covered some of the areas that we really are looking for strengths in a founder. That would be mentorability, perseverance, uh, integrity. Uh, But what we're looking for in a business is, is the problem that they're solving with their product or their service, is that more of a pain point or more of an opportunity? It's always easier to sell somebody a product or service that's that's solving a pain point than it is to sell opportunity. So we tend to favor those. And then we look at how big is the market. It's always easier to grow a company if you have a larger market. And do you have a particular connection or way into that market? Can you own that whole market? And then we look at the competitive landscape. Uh, If you have a really large market, of course, there's room for more than one player. Uh, But if if it's a smaller, tighter market, then it's important that there's not already competitors out there that have beat you to it. Judy, let's talk about your mentors. The way that Capital Innovators uses the skills of St. Louis's top leaders is tremendous. What do these mentors get out of the association? First of all, I need to say thank you to all of the people that have helped Capital Innovators through their mentorship, because all of our mentors are volunteers, and they'll volunteer anywhere from a couple of hours a week to sometimes 20 or more hours a week and not getting paid for it at all. So people often do ask me this question, why do they do that? Well, we have a lot of people in St. Louis who have already been there and done that. They've been very successful in their careers, and now they're coming towards the end of their career. They might be retired or semi-retired, and they're A-type personalities. Um, They're used to accomplishing things and achieving things. So it's really hard sometimes to reach that stage in your life where you don't feel like you're making an impact. And this is a way for them to really stay relevant. Uh, In addition to that, I've had a a number of mentors tell me how much they learn by doing this and that they really look forward to the time that they spend in Capital Innovators because they're learning. They're not just learning about new technologies, but they're learning about new people and new businesses and new things that are going on in the world. Uh, So I think that's mainly why they, they do it. Capital Innovators has a couple of strong corporate partnerships that benefit the startup community. Can you touch on these? Our two main partnerships are with the Merits Corporation and with Ameren. And in both cases, I'll have to say that it's really amazing how the CEOs of those companies have recognized how important it is to have innovation within their industries. Uh, One of the things that large corporations are suffering right now is there's so much innovation happening out in the world and things are moving so quickly. But when you have a really large organization, sometimes it can be super hard to move as quickly and to keep up. So what might happen is they start losing their place as the head of their industry. And so both in the case of Steve Meritz and uh, and Warner Baxter, the CEOs of these companies, they've really recognized that it's important for them and if they're going to stay at the forefront of their industries to to focus on this. And so they've chosen to go outside of their organizations in order to find that innovation. And that means working with capital innovators. It's one of the things that they really get out of this is they're discovering new technologies that are being developed all around the world. Uh, We get applications into our program from 56 different countries, 35 different states. We see over a thousand deals a year. And so it allows them to make discoveries on new technologies and really see where their industries 
are headed in that space. But also it allows them to attract talent coming out of schools because college students that are graduating now, they really want to be working for a company that's very innovative and and allows them a chance to uh, do something to change the world and to do it now. Uh, and then they, I think they're also very keen on helping St. Louis, and they realize that helping the startup community in St. Louis is something that will really benefit their hometown. So I applaud these two CEOs and these corporations for really getting after it. As you've grown your seed funding to include latter stage funding, tell us some overall considerations when scaling up a business. I think one of the most important things to recognize when you're scaling up a business is that even if you're having this tremendous growth in the original space where you started, always keep in the back of your mind two things. One, you're going to start plateauing at some point. There is going to be a saturation point where your customers, the ones that are the early adopters, the ones that are excited about this, uh, their numbers start getting a little bit smaller for those that are ready to try it. So you need to be thinking about how are you also going to expand horizontally, always be developing new products. You have to remain laser focused on your core product, but you can also expand into new products or new areas or expand your product offering to offer more. It's also important to do that so that you can stay ahead of the competition. Don't make a mistake and think that you have a unique idea. There are no unique ideas anymore. Uh, So you really are in a race, no matter what your idea is, no matter what company you're with. You're in a race and you're going to have to to keep running if you're going to stay at the lead. So Judy, I am curious, what types of innovations and new businesses might we see in the next five to 10 years? The two areas that you'll hear the most about are AI, artificial intelligence, and big data. And I agree. We're hearing all of that for a good reason. I think actually AI is going to be a part of nearly every aspect of our lives going forward. And instead of thinking of these businesses as standalone, like this is an AI business, what I think is going to happen is there's going to be AI running through all of the different spaces. All It's going to grow horizontally and be in every different industry that we're in. And what artificial intelligence does at its core is it's gathering data and it's analyzing that data in real time and it's acting on it much like our own brains work. That's why they call it artificial intelligence. But as it's gathering all of that data, then you end up having a ton of data, not just in the micro sense that the the artificial intelligence is then acting on, but in a more macro sense. And what are people going to do with that big data? How are they going to decide, okay, wait, now we have all of this information. What does this mean? And what are we going to do with the information that we have? And so coming up with ways to analyze that data and act on it, those are the key areas that I think will really grow. I think this is going to happen so much uh, that I actually have this new theory that in grade school, we maybe should start teaching coding. If we're not going to teach them cursive anymore, maybe we should take that time slot and start teaching our kids coding because I think everybody's going to need to know how to code. Artificial intelligence is going to be deleting a number of jobs in the future Uh, But it's also going to create a number of jobs. It's important that uh, the skill sets are there for that transition in the job force or else as a a country, we're going to be farming all of that out and we, we might be in trouble. So not to make a stand on my soapbox here, but I do think that this is a big enough area that we should all be paying attention and thinking what we need to do about it. Judy, Mike, thanks for joining us today for another C-Speak interview. C-Speak, sponsored by PNC Bank.